Well, praise God, you can be seated, and hopefully you won't stay that way. I have a friend with me. He's been friends with me for many years. One time I was uh, going through a battle, and I called him, and I said, I need for you to come in as my friend. And he said, that's funny. I'm in London right now. And I just told my wife, Miriam, that when Pastor Dosek calls, I need to be ready and I need to be packed and I need to go wherever he is and whatever he needs. And he said, and God told me to do it on my own dime. In other words, he didn't come for an offering. And Mike flew in and he did a great job for us on a Sunday morning. But I say that because not everybody comes in on their own dime. But I asked him as a friend, and he came. And Mike has preached with me in other countries, and he's preached in our house, and I've preached in his church. But Mike is a true friend, and he's a friend of our church. He's a friend of our family. And uh, so... I just appreciate Mike coming today, and he's going to tell you a story that happened in his life that is going to set in motion the next 40 days of our attention, and I believe that you're going to be blessed. So if you will stand to your feet and give my friend and your minister today a great round of applause, Mike Zeno. Love Thank you, you sir. Thank you. Love you. Get him, brother. All to the glory of the living God. <laughs> wow. Wow, 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 wow. Thank you so very much. You may be seated. I am so honored and privileged to be here today. There's no other place I'd rather be than be here because this is God-assigned spot for me this day. And because I'm here at the right place, at the right time, I know God is going to do the extraordinary for everyone present. Amen? Somebody shout hallelujah. I don't know if I'm going to preach or teach today. I'm just going to flow with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Before I go any further, may I thank this mighty man of God. You know, there are many pastors in the world, but there's something so special about this one. Amen. Hallelujah. I thank you, sir. For this honor, this privilege, I thank God for you. My heart is needed to you and to what God is doing in your life, in the impartation you have on so many lives. I am so awed by the stories I hear uh, and the experiences I've had with him uh, in different parts of the world. And I give God praise for every moment I get to spend with you. He's a wise man. Praise God. 
I want to also extend thanks to God on behalf of the man I call my spiritual father, Dr. Maurice Sevula. Wherever I go, I want to acknowledge him because he's impacted my life so mightily in so many ways. You may know him, you may not know him, but it doesn't matter. He's a man of God, and I thank God for him. Amen. And finally, I, I want to say thanks to God for the gift he gave to me many years ago. My dear wife, Pastor Maria, she's preaching right now in Winnipeg, Manitoba. She's been a mighty blessing to, to me. And she says, when I come here, I should stretch my arms wide and give you all a hug because she loves you too. Amen. So here it is. I'm, I'm on camera. Is there a recording of this? Yes, here it is. I gave it. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. God is good. Well, is, did anyone come here sick today? Did anyone come here sick? If you came here sick, just raise your hand. Anybody came here sick? Scan, 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 scan. I see one hand over there. I see another one there. Two. Now, three, four. Good. Okay. Could we do this? Could you tell me, if God healed you right now, will you be able to tell me right away? If you can, raise your hand. If you'll be able to tell me right away. One, two, three, four. Oh, you didn't raise your hand before. Oh, four. Okay. All right, let's do this. Let's do this. I didn't say I was going to pray for you. But I am expecting that you're going to be healed right now. So you ready? Are you ready? Now, we don't know each other, right? I've not met you before. So there's no, we didn't, we didn't discuss anything about your healing. So now receive it. In the name of Jesus, be healed. Be healed. Be healed. Be healed. Check yourself. Check yourself. Let's see what God has done. I do this everywhere. I've been in ministry now 40-something years. And it's not going to be different here because Jesus is the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. Yeah, man. So, are you checking yourself? Okay. I don't see anybody moving. Now, if God healed you already, raise your hand. God healed you? Come. Who else? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. God healed you? Just like that? And you're way, way over there? Up in the middle of the aisle. In the middle of the aisle over there. I, Do got, we... up, I got up this morning. And you got up this morning? And I can, can I have a mic, please? Absolutely. Thank you. I got up this morning and I had real bad uh, allergies. I couldn't hardly see. Uh, I had a real bad headache. I almost didn't come to church. Wow. 
So I just I went ahead and took a shower and I came to church. And you're glad you came? Yes. Because God just healed you? Yes. Just like that? Uh, the pain is just about gone in the right side of my face and I can see more clear. All right. Receive it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. It doesn't have to be hard because I didn't, I didn't have anything to do with it. You know, I read the Bible. The last time I read it, I didn't see Jesus praying for the sick. He just spoke the word. And he healed and delivered them from all their destructions. Now, it's not bad to pray for the sick. We should pray for the sick. The Bible says you pray for the sick and they will recover. But he sent his word. And he healed them of all their diseases and delivered them from all their destructions. You know what that means? Delivering you from all your destructions means that God unscrambles scrambled eggs. That means everything has gone sour and God came and fixed it. Hallelujah. He's a mighty fixer. And today he's going to do it for you. In the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Do you receive it? There are miracles happening right here, right now. And those of you who didn't get yours yet, just keep on listening to the word of God and we'll get it all fixed. Praise God. He is a mighty healer, deliverer. He says the captive is free. Amen. Well, let me tell you a story before I share what I need to share with you today. In 1974, I got saved. God saved me in a wonderful way. Two weeks after, approximately, the Lord began to call me into ministry. He would speak to me every day, I want you in the ministry. And I will say back, no, I'm not going to do that. Every day, God will speak to me. I want you. He will show me visions, dreams, show me the mission field. I was willing to go and minister, and I witnessed every day. Yeah, more or less every day. I went out winning souls every day. But I was not willing to be a minister. And you may ask, why not? You were already ministering. And the reason I didn't want to do full-time ministry was because at that time in the 70s, most preachers were poor. Every preacher I knew was broke. And I know it was true here also in the United States. You didn't have, you know, ministers, you know, uh, moving in wealth or resources. They were all broke. And I came from a well-to-do family, and broke was not part of my portion. I was not going to be that. So I said to know God, 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 no, no, no. One day he said, why not? I said, I told you I don't want to be broke. So I will come up with all these excuses. And it happened to be my birthday is May 6th. And um, I had a whole series of sisters behind me. And my dad was messing around trying to look for another boy. And, and the next boy that showed up was born May the 5th. My birthday is May the 6th, and um, he's about the seventh or eighth child. So I said to the Lord once, I said, spiritual things before natural. There's a reason this boy is born 
May the fifth, and I'm born May the sixth. Take him. I will support him. <laughs> the Lord says, shut up. I'm not calling him, I'm calling you. If I want to talk to him, I'll call him. I'll do that. You, I want. This goes on for months. And finally, I got a good idea. I opened up the Bible to the book of Ephesians. And I said, God, come here. I want to show you something. <laughs> and I read to God. It says here in the book of Ephesians, honor your father and your mother. I said, my father does not want me to be a minister. <laughs> and will you know it? It worked. I used to hear from God every day about ministry. And for six months, silence. Not a thing. Not a word from God. I thought I had broken free and this whole deal was finished. Until September the 5th, 1976. September 5th, 1976 happened to be a Thanksgiving service at our church. Um, and this church started in our living room. It's okay for me to walk around like this, right? Okay, because this is how I, I like it. I like to be where you are. So September 5th, 1976, we're having this Thanksgiving service. And we also call it harvest, a harvest service. It's Thanksgiving or harvest. And this is a service where you bring your very best to God. You come to God and you testify you know couples will come families will come and say you know god did this and did that and did this and and here we bring a, a special offering to the lord and they'll bring their offering and and people will come and support them and give an offering with the people that were giving their report of thanksgiving so people will come and you know it wasn't unusual to see people bring um, um, goats and cow, whatever it is you wanted to bring, it's, it's your deal, you, you bring it. And um, every year we did this. Now, September 5th, my dad um, had given a very large sum, about $20,000 as an offering. Thanksgiving offering. He was the biggest giver in the, ch in, the, in the church. The church actually started in our living room. But he brought a friend with him that day. Another wealthy man and that friend came and gave 25000 Well, the message was preached and then we had a special number and I was leading the, the choir in this special number and um, was a Negro spiritual. We ended up singing the last stanza, free at last, free at last. I thank God I'm free at last. And as we're singing it, I heard the voice of God. The Lord says to me, Michael, today your father is going to give you up to the work of the ministry and I don't want to hear any more excuses from you. <laughs> uh, who's talking to me, but still singing free at last, free at last. I said, what on earth just happened? So 
we finished. I sat down by choir, in the choir loft and, and there was a monitor just by me. I'm watching my dad because God just told me my dad was going to hand me over. And I'm watching him and after five minutes or so, he stands up and he walks. You know, he's disrupting the service. He's moving around, just fidgeting. I'm wondering, what's wrong with this man? And, and then he comes to the pastor. And um, there was a mic close to the pastor. And he says to the pastor, he says, uh, I want to give another gift to God. pastor says, why? This is not a competition because your friend, Chief Vivia, gave 25000 You don't need to come back and give 20, you know, more. You already gave 20000 he says, no, this is not that. God wants me to give him a special gift. The pastor says, okay, well, go. So he comes up to the mic. And he says, God is asking me to give him my only son. Now, my dad is passed on. I didn't get to ask him why he said my only son. Because by now, there were more boys. But he literally put me on the offering plate. I'm giving my son to God. And the power of God hit that church, flattened everybody. Nobody standing. You couldn't stand. The power of God rushed into that place. Demons taken off. I am on the altar, on the stage, on my knees, my hands up. I don't know till this day what I walked or God grabbed me and slam dunked me there. But I'm there. I said, what just happened? Pastor picks up himself on the floor and he comes up to the mic and says, this service is over. <laughs> We'll continue next week. <laughs> That's how I came into ministry. Hallelujah. I was an expression of thanksgiving to God from my father. You know, the interesting thing is, the next day, an uncle that was, oh, I don't know, six, seven hours by road at this time. This was the time we, we had no cell phones. We didn't even have, you know, proper landlines. So I don't know how this uncle found out, my father's junior brother. He comes to my house the next day, Monday, early. And he goes after my father because I'm the oldest son. I'm supposed to take care of the family business, take care of everybody. And now, I am given to God. And this guy goes after my father, abuses him, curses at him. You don't do that. And then he sees me and he comes after me. Calls me every kind of name. And um, after he left, I wondered, what happened here? Who told him? Nobody called him. How did he know? Well, he used to be an idol worshiper. And the news 
the broadcast had gone off in the spiritual realm. There's trouble in the camp. And since that time, it's been trouble in the camp of the enemy. Hallelujah. Somebody shout hallelujah. This September is going to be 41 years. And God has been altogether good. Now, let me share some things with you that may be of interest. Because this issue that I just raised about thanksgiving is fundamental for us to understand what happened in the fall. God created man and woman. He took the woman from the man, brought the woman to the man, he says, this is bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. Nothing wrong with that. But there came a time when the instruction God gave to the man was challenged. God said, don't eat of that tree. Every other tree in here you can eat from, but that one, don't eat from it. But the man chose to listen and pay attention to that which came out of him, which God gave to him. Rather than listening to God and the instruction of God, paid attention to that. Embrace that. And we know what this story is. We all fell. The issue of thanksgiving is an issue of you expressing back to God an expression of thanksgiving to him that you appreciate what he has done for you and that you've not put preeminence on the stuff but on him. That is the main issue and it's run right through from Genesis right to the end of the book. The issue is about you putting preeminence on God and not on stuff. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. You know, let me have 10 people. May I have 10 people come help me with this, what I'm about to say? 10 people, quickly, come. 10. Thank you. One, two, three, four. All right. Five. Six, seven, eight, nine, and ten. Thank you, ma'am. We've got ten. Awesome. Face the audience. Face the audience. I, I want you to be over here. You, you stay over here, ma'am. Come over here. Ma'am, come over here. Yeah, yeah, you stay. Okay. We've got ten. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. We're all mathematicians, right? We did some arithmetic. I pulled him off the line. Will this be 10%? Yeah? 
10%. Thank you. Go back. Thank you. That's 10%. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. So if I pull any one here out, that'll be 10%. Yes? What is a tithe? 10%. So he's a tithe, right? No. Thank you, sir. The only person that's a tithe here is number one. First one. First 10%. You're not a tither if God is second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth. Has to be the first tenth. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Praise the Lord. So when we're talking about thanksgiving, we're talking about giving God the preeminence. The Word of God says, seek first, seek first the kingdom of God and all of His righteousness and every other thing shall be added unto you. The fact is, many times we put God somewhere else and God is interested in the first fruit. Because the first fruit says, I acknowledge that you are number one. You are number one. Not number two, not number three, not number five, not number ten. You are number one. And when we are expressing thanksgiving to God, we are saying, God, you are number one. I appreciate you. I am thankful, and my trust is totally on you. Praise the Lord. Now, consider it. They're coming to the promised land. What does God ask them to do? The whole land is going to be theirs. He says, when you get to a place called Jericho, don't you take anything from there. Is that what God said? Don't touch a thing there. But there was a man who decided that he could get some stuff, some Babylonian clothes and whatever else, and it ended up up being the destruction of his family. Is that not true? Because God wants that first thing to be released to him and not to you. It's not yours. It is God's. Praise the Lord. Now, when we, when we consider, and I know I'm not going to the scriptures because I want to spend the time just having a discussion with you. Because I, I want you to remember what I'm, going, I'm talking about 20 years, 50 years from now. I want you to remember. We know the story of Cain and Abel. The Bible tells us very clearly that story. And it tells us that Cain's offering was not accepted. Abel's was. And if you ask the average believer, why do you think God accepted Cain's or Abel's and not Cain's? The answer will be because 
Abel's was a blood sacrifice. Yeah? True? That's what most people will say. It was because it was a blood sacrifice. But the answer, that answer is wrong. That was not it. The answer is right there in the scriptures. And actually, I should read it to you. It says in Genesis chapter 4. Genesis 4. I'm going to read from verse um, 1. Genesis 4. Genesis 4, 1 to 7. It says, and Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. And she again bore his brother Abel, and Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel, it says, he also brought off the what? Firstlings. There was the difference. He brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. He brought the first one. That was the difference. One was busy just, uh, give me that. Give. It doesn't matter whether it was the best one that he chose. It was not the first It was not the first. God has to be number one, not number two. Not number three. Not number four, not number five. God does not want to be your afterthought. Before you do anything, you've got to consult with him first. Your business acumen is not the answer to your prosperity. It is God's acumen. You knowing what God is about, what he wants to do, and you getting the inside message. Yeah. Finding out what God thinks about an issue is more important than all the education you've acquired. What is God thinking? What does he want to do? Where's his heart? Jesus said, the secret to my life is that I see the kingdom of God. I see it. I see the kingdom of God. That's the secret. I see what the Father is doing, and I do that. The only way you're going to see what the Father is doing is when you put God as number one. The first thing that I should do every morning when I open my eyes is to say, thank you, Lord, for another day. This is the day that you've made for me to rejoice and be glad. And if you know, the devil has not made any days. Has the devil made any day? No? 
So if every day has been made by God, every day is a day for rejoicing. Mm -hmm. Every day has been made for me to rejoice and be glad. And so when I wake up, I thank God for another day to rejoice, another day to be glad, another day filled with expectation, another day that God has an assignment for me to accomplish. You know what the Word of God says? It says in the prayer of the Lord, the Lord's Prayer, it says, give us this day our daily bread. Yeah? And most times, most of us as believers think that daily bread is a Wendy's hamburger. Yeah, I can just get that. I got my daily bread. But really, that's not what the Lord is talking about. That daily bread is your daily assignment. For he said himself, my meat is to do the will of the Father and to finish it. That's your daily bread. There's an assignment. My assignment is to be here today. My assignment is to say what I'm saying right now. My assignment is to declare the word of God to you so that in your hearing, you can experience the faith that will bring about transformation in your life, and not only in your life, but in your family, and not only in your family, but in your community, and not only in your community, but in the world. God wants you and I to be impacted by his very life and by the very essence of who he is, so that when we breathe, we affect everything around us. Because the breath in you is the breath of God. The Word of God says, let everything that has breath do what? Amen. Praise the Lord. That's what it, and praising God is about thanksgiving. When you're praising God, you are giving thanks. The Word of God says in, in, in Psalms, I think it's Psalms 22, it says, it says, God inhabits the praises of His people. Amen? God inhabits. Think about that. God inhabiting your praise is about God dwelling in your praise. Yes? God dwells in your praise. God dwells in your praise. Say it with me. God dwells in my praise. Now, that's a spiritual principle. That principle is this. That every word that goes forth out of the mouth of God returns back to him. And you are created the same way. Every word you say goes out and comes back. Now, when you praise God, God, it says, will not return void, right? Will not return empty. So God dwells in that praise. And when you praise God, you may have done it in weakness. You may have done it struggling. You may have done it as a sacrifice of praise. But when it comes back, God rides with it in you. And the more you praise God, the more strengthened you are. Let me say that again. The more you praise God, the more strengthened you are. Let me say it a third time. The more you praise God, the more strengthened you are. 
And when you give God thanks, God gets excited. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. You are strengthened because God is joyed in himself. Not because he needs it, but because he knows that you got the secret to the kingdom. This is one of the keys of the kingdom. Celebrating God with thanksgiving. It's, oh, oh, somebody gets it. Somebody gets it. Let's do something here. When you celebrate the goodness of God, you are about to be celebrated. Because God promotes you. God is high and lifted up. And the God that you praise and worship will lift you up with him. Because guess what? The Bible says, watch this now. The Bible says that you're dead. I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I. It is Christ that lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I say to people, I don't have any faith. I don't even use my faith because I got none. But what I have is his faith. And his faith does not fail. So I am not trying to get more faith. Because God cannot get more faith. Let me say that again. God does not acquire more faith. And God's faith is not believing. God's faith is knowing. God knows, therefore God declares. And it is God that lives in you Amen. in a mighty way. The people that know their God, they are great, they are mighty, and they do exploits. They don't get exploited by the devil, they exploit the devil. Hallelujah. When you know God, you relax. You don't sweat it. Actually, one of the things God abhors is for his priests to be sweating. That's why it's his own way setting kind of clothes, because I don't like you sweating. Sweating is tied to the curse. When you're sweating out of worry, you're not resting. A person who is resting in God is thankful for life, thankful that God is in charge. And if God is in charge in your life, then he's in control in your life. But God is not in control of everybody's life. Forget that. God is not in control of everything. No. If God were in control of everything, all kinds of bad stuff will not be happening in the world. God is not in control of everything. But God is in charge and in control of your life. And you can affect your environment. And say what goes and what doesn't go. The Bible says that when we know God and we have a revelation of who Jesus Christ is, not the revelation that somebody else has, but the revelation of who he is, 
then we can bind and we can lose. Jesus says to his disciples, who do men say that I am? Some say that you're Jeremiah, some people say you're Elijah, and some say you're one of the great prophets. He says, forget that. But who do you say that I am? Forget about what they said. What, what do you know? Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father. And on the basis and the foundation of this very revelation, you recognize in who I am. I am going to build my church, and the gates, the government of hell, shall not prevail over my church. Now that word church is the word ecclesia. The word ecclesia was and still is a governmental word. It was a word for the senate of the Romans. The ecclesia was the legislative arm. They put out the, the law. The ecclesia did. And when Jesus said, I'm going to build my church, he was saying, I'm going to build the people that will put the law down and say what goes and what does not go. What's going to happen and what's not going to happen. But these people are people that seek him first. You cannot place God second or third or fourth or fifth and expect to put the gauntlet down and say, this is what's going to happen. No, you've not made access to God based on the fact that your relationship with him is founded on the truth of who he is. Your thanksgiving is important. Your thanksgiving is manifested in your tithing. Oh, I lost the button there. So God says, listen, I tell you what. He says, if you honor me with your tithe, with your offering, I'm going to open the windows of heaven. I'm going to pour you blessings. And there will not be room enough. And I'm going to rebuke the devourer for your sake. He didn't say for my sake. He said, I'm going to rebuke the devourer for your sake. Your sake. The tithing is not just a giving of money because God says in Psalms, he says, I am not interested in your money. I could care less. But the principle behind it, the expression of thanksgiving, that's what God is interested in. Amen. That you are acknowledging him and you're saying you're number one. Lord, you are number one, not number two. When I consider what I'm going to do today, I'm thinking about you first, your purposes, what your will is, what you want done, and I want to participate with you. And God says, if you want to participate with me, I am willing to participate with you. Let's go and let's get this thing done. Yeah. You want God interested in your family? 
Put God first. And you see your family line up. Put God first. The devil is such a liar. Because the devil will fight you when you want to put God first. And try to discourage you and tell you you're doing everything wrong because you are putting God first. You should think about yourself. Huh? Think about yourself. What is good for you? Uh, what, what will profit you? And all of those niceties. And most times we fall for it. But the power of change is found in continuity. Jesus says, you will know the truth. If you continue in my word, then you will know the truth. If you continue in my word. I have um, a CD here called, called um, God is in the details. You know, God may speak something to you. Many times what we do is is we run and we start doing stuff because we heard God say, do such and such. And we don't, when we come with thanksgiving first, ask for details. Details, details. Because, you see, God wants you to continue with him. In your thanksgiving, you get more of him. In your thanksgiving, God begins to reveal more of himself to you. In your thanksgiving, God begins to open doors for you and bring you to a place of wholeness. Let me share something with you. You know the word of God in the Gospel of Luke where ten lepers came to the Lord and um, they were crying out to him and they wanted to be healed and and he says, go show yourself to the priest. Remember that story? Go show yourself to the priest. So while they were going, the Bible says they got healed. One of them turns around, didn't go to the priest, turns around and comes and says, thank you. And Jesus, who sent them away to the priest, said, didn't I heal ten? Where are the other nine? Uh, they're going to show themselves to the priest. But he appreciates the one who turns around and comes and says, thank you. And he made that one every with hope. The others went back and they showed to the priest and their missing fingers were still missing. The missing nose was still missing. The missing toe was still missing. Healed but there were still markings and proof that they were once lepers. The one that came back with thanksgiving, not a peep, not a sign. If they were missing fingers, it's come back. Everything restored. The reason many times we still have markings in our lives about our past is because we've not learned the powerful principle of thanksgiving. <laughs> Got to come back to God with your very best. I said, thank you, God. Every day, thank you. I thank you for another day. I'm alive. And in this day that you have made for me, I'm going to rejoice and be glad. I'm not going to be sorrowful today. I'm not going to be depressed today. I'm not going to be afraid of bad news from wherever it comes from. Because if God be for me, 
who can be against me? Hallelujah. You stand in agreement with God. Your point of contact every day is your thanksgiving expression to God. You're bringing your first fruits to God. You're celebrating with thanksgiving, bringing your very best. God inhabits your praise, and you are fully fulfilled in the goodness of the Most High God. This is all about thanksgiving. It's the story of our lives. Every man, every woman, every child of God needs to learn the principle of thanksgiving. Because when you are thankful, God begins to work in your situation and causes all things to begin to work together for your good. Amen? He causes all things to work together for your good. We are thankful to the Lord when we study His Word because He's given us His Word and we appreciate it. And when I open the Bible and I begin to read what God's Word says, it's an expression of thanksgiving. My neglecting the Word of God is an expression of disdain. I don't want it. I could care less about it. It is not important. Oh, no. But when you open the Bible and you begin to read it, God says, that's somebody who's thankful. They appreciate what I give to them. They appreciate my son. They appreciate everything. And they appreciate my word. Do you know that many died to secure this word? What will the man who died to make certain that we have the word of God, what will they do? They see how we treat the word of God today. They sacrifice their lives. And they see my Bible as a decoration in some library. They see the Bible not cracked open at all. The word is not read, not meditated on. What would they think? What do you think about how God feels about that? How does God think about it when I do not appreciate his word? How does your pastor feel when he's not appreciated? If he comes every day, spends time studying the word of God, crying out to God, watching over your soul, because that's part of the principle. Watch, you know, I'm here. I'm here in Botkins, Ohio. But I've not left home. I'm still in Winnipeg. Because if anything is happening in Winnipeg, as the senior pastor, I need to know. Not because man told me, but because God is speaking to me. It doesn't matter where I am. That's why I get to travel it doesn't matter where I am. God will speak to me about what's happening at home. Because I am called to watch over their souls. And I've learned something. That those who are not thankful, I could care less. God doesn't even talk to me about them. And so I will, I will see somebody and say, 
You've not been in my radar. I've not seen you. Well, Pastor, I've been in church. I, I said, yeah, you've been here, but I've not seen you. And would you know it? It's because they've been mounting off something else, not been thankful. And God says, I'm not going to have unthankful people in your system. What have you been talking about? What have you been thinking? What's happening with you? Why are you off the grid? What's going on? Nothing. I said, it can't be nothing because if there's nothing, God will still be speaking. I am not feeling you, man. I'm not feeling you. You're off. What's going on? What you've been listening to? What have you been saying? Because this man of God has to give a report every day. Yes. And you shall be witnesses of me. Unto me, the word of God. You shall be witnesses unto me. In Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, unto the uttermost parts of the earth. You shall be witnesses unto me, God's word says. You shall be witnesses to me. To me. It's not about witnessing to them. It's about you bringing a report, daily report, and coming to God and saying, Chief Executive Officer, yes, this is the report. This is what the Holy Spirit did today. This is what's happening with this person. And this is what's happening with that person. And this is what's happening here. This is what was done here today. What is your will concerning this particular situation? What do you want to do here? And you know what? It might be striking. The way God deals is this. Your will is God's will. And God's will is your will. Let me explain what that means. To the extent that you allow God, to that extent he will work in your life. If you think God is only this big, that's how big he's going to be in your life. If you think he's this big, that's how big he's going to be in your life. If you think he's this big, that's how big he's going to be in your life. So when you make God great, <laughs> you experience the greatness of God. And the greatness of God is manifested in your expressions of thanksgiving. When you worship, when you adore, when you glorify God, when you express thanksgiving towards God, God acts on your behalf in mighty ways, in mighty ways. And all God wants to do is to reveal more of himself to you to, so that you can express more thanksgiving. The Bible says the angels, they are going around the throne, and as they're going around the throne, they're saying, holy, 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 holy. 
constantly. Why are they saying holy? Because they seen another expression of God that they had not seen just a moment ago. God wants to reveal himself anew, afresh, again to you, to me, so that we have more reasons every day to give thanks and say, thank you, God. I didn't know this about you, but I just saw something wonderful about you. Thank you, Lord. Are your testimonies stale already? Well, you know what? There's a God who still has daily bread. Daily assignments. There's a God who still gives fresh manna for every day. Hmm. Thank God for yesterday. Well, Paul says, this is a secret. He says, this one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind, I press. He didn't say, I forget all the bad stuff. He said, I forget about the good, the bad, the ugly. All of it. Because there's more to God than I know now. But you know what we do? We still pastor stuck in speaking in tongues. You got it, you got it. That's it. No, that's not it. That's not it. The word of God says we should prophesy also. I don't know anybody saying, you know, sign that you got the Holy Ghost is that you, you, you speak in tongues and you prophesy. Forget about prophesying oh, because it might be wrong. That would be, <laughs> when you start prophesying, you're really dealing. You speak in tongues, we don't know what you're talking about. When you start prophesying, uh, it has to happen. It has to happen because if it doesn't happen, that's a false prophet. Uh, so let's not fool around with that. But guess what the word of God says? God says that he cannot do anything. God can do nothing except he first reveals his secrets to his servants, the prophets. I wish that you all prophesy. God says, says to John, prophesy again. Based on what? Based on the fact that your hearing is in place. And that happens. When you give God thanks, I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter his courts with praise. I will say this is the day that the Lord God has made. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. Hmm. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving. And guess where he put Judah? Right there. At the gates. Why? Because that's what's important to God.
when you express thanksgiving to God, then you manifest it with sacrifice. Because God, while he's not, <laughs> the Lord is doing his thing, don't worry, it's okay. While you are giving him thanks and bringing the sacrifice, things begin to happen. Let me read you something. In the book of 2 Chronicles, if you may, 2 Chronicles 29, I'll read you this, and I will be done in a moment. 2 Chronicles 29, if you can put it up for me. 2 Chronicles 29, we're going to start from verse 29. Verse 1 tells us about how Hezekiah began to reign. And what he began to do, he says in 29, starting to read from verse 29, he says, and when they had made an end of offering, the king, notice, when they had made an end of offering, the king and all that were present with him bowed themselves and worshipped. 30. Moreover, Hezekiah the king and the princes commanded the Levites to sing praise unto the Lord with the words of David and of Asaph the seer. And they sang praises with gladness and they bowed their heads and worshipped. Now, they finished giving offering. Now, he's commanded the Levites to sing and they sing and praises unto the Lord with the words of David and of Asaph the seer. The seer is a is a prophet, the one who sees. Let's go on. Then Hezekiah answered and said, Now ye have consecrated yourselves unto the Lord. Hmm. Come near and bring sacrifices and what? Thank offerings into the house of the Lord. And the congregation brought in sacrifices and thank offerings, and as many as were of a free heart, burnt offerings. Then we'll conclude in this verse. And the number of the burnt offerings which the congregation brought was three score and ten bullocks. That's 70. And 100 rams and 200 lambs. All these were for a burnt offering to the Lord. They had given an offering already. But it was something more. Somebody says something more. Say it again. Something more. It was like my dad. He had given his 20,000. But there was something more. There was something more. And that something more was me. Because a burnt offering, you can go collect. It's totally God's. It's not for man. It's God's. And you release it completely. 
And God, in this next 40 days, is going to speak supernaturally to so many. He's going to say to you, I need you to respond to me. Because when you bring that special gift of grace to God, doors are going to open that have remained shut for the longest time. You're going to have an understanding deep within you that you've not had before. There's going to be expressions of grace in your life that you've never experienced before. God is about to take you supernaturally into dimensions of favor. I didn't say levels, I'm saying dimensions. There's increase coming to so many of you. And it's going to start today. Because even now, Man of God, would you let me do something? I can do what I need to do. Just obey. Okay, thank you, sir. Even today, God is already speaking to some of you because he wants to do something extraordinary in your life starting now. Starting now. You don't have to wait till tomorrow. Because you know what? Ecclesiastes Ecclesiastes says, that which was past, or that, that which has been, B-E-N, is past. And that which is to be, is now. And all that God requires is that which is past. In essence, God is interested in the now. All God is interested in is now. And, and, and let me prove it to you this way. God is a very legal God. The government of God runs legally. And God is not going to ask you to do anything that he will not do himself. Amen? If, if God is asking you to do something, he can do it. Will you accept that? God is not going to ask more of you than he will ask of himself. So God says to me, he says, if your neighbor comes to you, and ask you for something, and you have the power to do it. Don't tell him to go home and come tomorrow. So if God says to me, if I have the ability to give you $100 right now, I should not tell you to go and then come tomorrow. Hey, he's got everything. So when I come to God, I'm not waiting for tomorrow. Uh, you know, I don't know if you listen. I'm not waiting for tomorrow. When I come, I come believing it is now. Because God's word says in Ecclesiastes, everything with God is now. And now faith is. If God, and now this is not a license for you to mess around. If God says to me, I expect you to forgive 70 times 7 times in one day. That's 490 times. If God is expecting me to do that, guess what? He's well able to forgive me 500 times. 
but I'm not going to blow it 500 times. But what the, what the point is, is this, that God gives me and says, there's therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. When you come to God, you must come with a confidence knowing that your Father is willing to receive you. Isaiah chapter 1 says, starting from the beginning, God talks about Israel and says, you guys, you're terrible. You're a big mess up. Animals even understand who their master is. You? You're clueless. You don't know who your master is. You're just a big mess up. But then he says, come. Let us reason together. You just told me how bad I was. Now you tell me, come? Yeah, because God says, you know what? I'm going to fix you. You may be here today and you think I'm a total mess up. There's no way God is going to receive me. I am here to announce to you he can handle you. He says, come, let's reason together. He says, though your sins be as scarlet, I shall make them white as wool. And they be as crimson, I shall make them white as snow. If you are willing and obedient to come and reason with me, you will eat the good of the land. If you're willing and obedient to come with thanksgiving, you will eat the good of the land. Today, receive everything God has for you. I want 15 people who are going to take a step of faith today as a starter, as a primer, as a primer, because God is going to speak to you all of this next month that we're stepping into, into August, about what he wants you to do. But I'm going to ask that at least 15 people do something today that you will step out of your comfort zone and say, you know, today, I'm going to honor God with a special thank offering. This is not all of it, but I'm going to start today. I'm going to start today, and I'm going to step up, and I'm going to give God $1,000 and say, God, I'm going to give $1,000 to you right now as an expression of thanksgiving, a sacrificial thanksgiving. Uh, I've not heard anything, but I'm going to do this right now because I want to hear from you. God tells us Solomon brought a special offering, a thank offering to God, and God asked him, what do you want me to do for you? Man says, I need wisdom. The Bible says, in all of your getting, get wisdom, get understanding. And, and God says, I'll give you that, but tell you what, I'm going to match you up. I am going to prosper you. I'm going to give you money. One of the word, one of the defenses God uses for you and I, it's in the Bible. It says, money is a defense. Wisdom is a defense. When God says, I'm going to defend you, he said, I'm going to defend you with money and wisdom. And the third thing he uses as his defense is his glory. Three things. 
the defense of God, wisdom, money, and His glory. Fifteen people, come quickly. I'm going to stand in agreement with you. Come. God is the God of the overflow. So I may be asking for 15 people, but you can, you, 40 people can show up. I don't, I don't care less. God doesn't care. It's not going to stop you because there's 15 people. Thank you, saints, for coming. Just step quickly from your place. Come stand here. Let me tell you what God is about to do in your life. Come. Come. Some of you are still sitting. They should be up here right now. Just come from wherever it is you are. This is a glove. Oh, please come. And when I said, oh, please come, that was not my words. That is the word of the Lord. I heard it in my spirit and it struck deep within my spirit. Please come. God wants to do something extraordinary for somebody. Don't fight it. Don't fight it. Wherever you are, don't fight it. Just come right now. 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 Come do it. Come do it. Come do it. Something, something incredible is going to happen in your life. playing the keyboard. Just, give, just keep that key. Just um, flow with me. Um, just, um. Mighty man of war, Lion of Judah, we bow down and we worship you. Yahweh, Yahweh, come and do what only you can do. Mighty man of war, lion of Judah, I bow down. I worship you, Yahweh, Yahweh, come and do what only you can do. I have this glove. It looks useless. It cannot move this monitor. It cannot pick up that mic. It can't even pick up this light paper. 
It looks like a hand, but it's useless. Until the me gets into it. And now it's alive. It's animated. It can lift this iPad. It can lift up this mic. It can do all kinds of things. What's the difference? The difference is the me in it. The difference in your life is God in you. Because this day, God is going to invade you with his very life, with his very ability. And today, in the name of Jesus Christ, as you have come up to stand here, the anointing of God is going to rest on you like never before. In the name of Jesus, something extraordinary is about to be released into you now. In Jesus' name, 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 in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, I thank you, Lord, for your anointing. I thank you, Lord, for your grace. I thank you, Lord, for your power. Lord, release it. 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 In the mighty name of Jesus, do for them, O God, what no man can do for them. The mighty man of war is fighting for you. The challenges of the past will exactly be that, the past. For this day, God exports you. <laughs> yes, he's moving you, he's moving you, he's moving you. He's moving you far, 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 far away from every obstacle, far away from every invention, every attack, every assignment of the enemy. You this day are declared untouchable, unreachable, because the anointing of the Most High God elevates you to a new place. In the name of Jesus, I release it. In the mighty name of Jesus, your obedience, hallelujah, shall be met with satisfaction. There is a manifestation. Jehovah Shammah, Jehovah Shammah, you are God. Who is like unto the Lord? Who is like unto the Lord? He is fierce in battle. Mighty man of war, Lion of Judah, I bow down and I worship you, Yahweh, Yahweh. Come and do what only you can do. This Lord takes you. Yakato Shebre Matayama. Rando Sekele Basoke. 
Thank you, Jesus. Every obstacle. God's laser beam is pointed and the obstacles that stand before you are now being blown away. <sighs> Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. has not given us a spirit of fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear. He has given unto us a spirit of love, a spirit of power, and a sound mind. Great things are in store for you, daughter. There's a destiny that will be fulfilled. Your assignment is great. The attacks of the enemy have been fierce. The accusations of the enemy. <laughs> the devil's a liar. Because you will be what God says you are. <laughs> A thousand times more. A thousand times more than you are now. It's time to praise the Lord. see God in a fresh way because this day he's taking you somewhere you've not been before yes thank you Lord thank you Lord Jesus he's inhabiting your praise life sometimes is full of challenges you need to shut this guy off. <laughs> 